Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things movie and nostalgia podcasts, go to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our childhood. I'm Jordan Poland-Clark, and with me is my co-host, Kara Gail O'Regan. Hello. And joining us once again is Cage Club co-founder, Joey Lewandowski. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, today, we will be continuing Kara and Joey's non-existent ice skating <laughs> slash hockey podcast uh, with the 2005 movie Ice Princess, uh, starring Michelle Trachtenberg and two actresses whose names I should know and have written down, but did not. We got Jen Cusack. We got Hayden Panettiere. We got Kim Cattrall. Uh, probably more people I should know that I don't. No, I think that that about does it for people whose name you might recognize. Two moms, two daughters. When, uh, when this movie first started and the credits were running, I was like actually impressed with how many names I recognized. I didn't know anything about this movie when I turned it on. Uh... And I was like, oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that person. For like the first like four or five people, which made me kind of excited to watch it. Um, so clearly I had never seen this before. Uh, had you guys seen it? So I didn't think that I had. I've seen it at some point. I don't know where or when, because I definitely wouldn't have seen this in theaters. And I don't think I would have seen this in college. <laughs> but I know this movie. I somehow know this entire movie. So I don't know where <laughs> or when I saw it. But I've seen it before. Interesting. And Kara, what about you? Yes. Well, I, it was my idea to watch this one. So I definitely have seen it before. I like um, it a lot. Uh, so this movie came out in 2005, which, like, isn't isn't really our childhoods anymore. Like, I was 19 in 2005. <laughs> so that's why I never saw this. Um, it came out we, uh, in theaters the same weekend as um, The Ring, which is what I definitely went to see instead of this in the theater but i I (laughs) caught it on tv at some point this doesn't even feel like a movie that like would be in theaters it feels like a disney channel movie yeah um or like a uh what's it called now like a freeform movie hey you guys uh as someone who's done four or five different disney channel original movies four different podcasts i can tell you that the production quality of this one far (laughs) exceeds uh, what oh, you imagine you're like a an Disney expert channel. on this. We did Hounded for Shia. We did True True Confessions for Shia. We did High School Musical for Zack Attack. We've done other ones, too. Uh, it's rough. It's rough out there, guys. But, like, this isn't, like, the same level as, like, even, like, one of the good, like, High School Musical, like, one of the good ones. I guess it's it's about on par with the first High School Musical, which actually did sort of really impress me for the quality of a Disney Channel original movie. The third High School Musical actually was in theaters, which is a different story altogether. Go listen to Zack Attack for us to dissect <laughs> those in far too much detail. But this, I guess, I guess it's sort of on par with High School Musical, but the, th- the difference is that, like, there's actual names in this. Like, I don't think Joan Cusack and Kim Cattrall would be in a Disney Channel original movie together. I don't think. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so let's, let's give a little rundown of this movie. So Michelle Trachtenberg plays the main character whose name I don't know. Guys, what's her Casey. name? Okay. Casey Carlisle. Right, Casey Carlisle. Sorry, I didn't write down like any names for this, so I'm going to need some help. Uh, uh, so, Casey Carlisle, who is a 
like nerdy girl in high school. She's she's a senior in high school. She super likes ice skating, but only has ice skated in like a pond in the back of her house. And her mom is like super obsessed with her getting into Harvard. And her mom is also like super feminist, like. And really, I think like, she's actually a, a women's studies professor. Because when okay. you see her in the classroom, there's like oh, a you're right. women's studies professor. You're right, there's a thing her. later. Yeah. Um, so Casey finds out about this scholarship, a physics scholarship that she can get to, to go to Harvard, and she has to do a project for it. So she decides to do a project about the physics of figure skating, because she's super into figure skating. Um, and so she starts to hang out at the skating rink and eventually decides that actually it's her dream to become a figure skater. And she gets really, really good, um, really fast in a way that's not actually humanly possible. (laughs) Um, and, uh, kind of goes for her dream. But, you know, with conflict along the way. Mm. Is that good? Did I miss any important plot points, you think? Mm. No, I think, I think that hits all the major ones. All right. I mean, by the end of the movie, she kind of has two moms. She has two moms who still don't <laughs> listen to her. Right? I got, like, really upset in the final scene. I knew you would also be mad about it. I knew you would also be mad about it. Like, like, they can't was... even let her have this. Already, they're they, arguing so, with okay. each other. Okay, so this is my problem with this movie. Is like, she's set up to be this, like, amazing girl. She's, like, brilliantly smart, everyone's saying. And she's, like, amazingly good at skating. Like, she's an amazing athlete. And she is, like, she is written so dumb that she doesn't appear to know any of this. Like, in the beginning of the movie, she's, like, at school, and her teacher's like, hey, stay after class for a second. And he's asking her to stay because he wants to tell her about the physics scholarship because he thinks she should apply for it. And she behaves as if she has no idea that she's even good at physics. (laughs) Like, she appears to know literally nothing about herself. Um, well, I think that might come from, like, the fact that, like, her mother has projected so much of, like, her own hopes and dreams on her daughter that it's, like, been hard for her to tease out, like, what she's interested in and, like, what she's good at and that sort of thing. I think that that's definitely true. But, like the number of things that she continues to be dumb about for the entire movie, like, really upset me. Like, she's almost an airhead sometimes. And, like, but she's not... I don't know. Well, the movie also tries to chalk it up to the fact that she's, like, socially awkward. And that, I think, is... The movie confuses social awkwardness with, like, intelligence, I think, at times. Mm. And it's... You know, she doesn't know what to say around people except for that one boy on the Zamboni. Uh, And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it feels like when she's not sure of herself in a situation, she just becomes dumb or becomes super smart. Like talking about like physics equations at the party about how that guy's going to go through the window. <laughs> like there's no middle ground where a normal human being is. <laughs> she's either just like a she has two levels. She's a dumb dumb, or she's like the smartest person in the room who doesn't know how to talk to anybody. And it's sort of weird. I mean, again, want to throw it out there. My first crush was Michelle Trachtenberg in Harriet the Spy. So I am firmly in her corner in this movie, but 
she doesn't feel very realistic, but I still uh, enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's the kind of movie where, like, any character is going to feel terribly realistic, just because it's, like, a kid's, it's a kid's movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or, like, a tween movie. I think. Mm, yeah, it's like a, like I when I was tw- so part of me actually really liked this movie because there's like a part of me that will be 12 years old forever and like I feel like that's who this is for. It's like between the ages of like 8 and 12. Yeah, that makes sense. Because also like the girls who are skating, I mean, obviously she's a, a senior in high school, but the other girls that are like around her age are junior skaters and I think that goes like up to 15 or 16 years old I had questions about this can we pause and detour sure so so she she enters into basically like the kids class at the skating rink right like the little kids class uh, the novice class and then after their big recital, she is promoted to the junior level, she gets a junior which is like ass. the big, f- yeah, which is like the big fancy level that everybody else is on. So my question was: in skating, is that an age thing? Because in gymnastics, so I know a lot about gymnastics. I don't know squat about skating, but in gymnastics, junior senior is an age thing. Mm-hmm. But you only have to be like. Six, I think you have to be 16 to be a senior. Okay. So yeah, like yeah. these kids were all older than 16, or most of them were older than 16, so I was confused about why they would still be juniors. Yeah. I don't... Like, because I don't know if Hayden Panettiere is supposed to be the same age as her. I think she's actually younger. Really? And, like, the other two girls mm-hmm. are younger. Yeah. The jumping Shrimp is definitely younger. Yeah, for sure. Well, the Jumping Shrimp, yeah. Um, but yes, that's also true about ages. Wait, can we just talk about the jumping shrimp for a second <laughs> while we're there? You mean the jumping shrimp is a skating machine? <laughs> it's like, so, when she, when she starts skating, we meet this, you know, all the other skater girls who are around and who are really good, and all of them are real figure skaters, so, like, when you watch them skate, like, that's legit them skating, um, and I love the jumping shrimp. She is so good. Yeah, she is really good. And in the competition, she, uh, for one of her programs, skates to the can-can, which is like a throwback to the cutting edge. (laughs) I totally picked up on that and was very excited. Yeah, like, she's so good that I was, like, mad that the movie would even consider having (laughs) Michelle Trachtenberg beat her. I was like, are you, you, you're kidding me, right? Like, there's yeah. no way. It's pretty nonsensical. Um, I mean, that's also, like, one of the unfortunate things about casting Michelle Trachtenberg um, against a bunch of actual figure skaters is because, like, no matter how much she trains to do this and no matter how hard she worked, and it's cool that she actually did a bunch of it herself, like, it doesn't even compare to watching the kids who've been skating since they were five. Yeah. I and agree. we're supposed to believe that she's the winner. Yeah suspension of disbelief but to circle back around to your question about ages and levels and stuff like that yeah um it is an age thing but it's also like you have to pass certain tests to right um like graduate into levels but like if you don't pass the test you just basically can't compete at that level like there's right like that's the end of the road for you you know um so one of the interesting 
pieces of this movie that's like wildly inaccurate is the class <laughs> that Casey takes herself, like her first class. Um, U.S. figure skating, like the introductory level, they designate as Snowplow Sam. I don't understand why it's called that. I guess there's some <laughs> sort of mascot named Snowplow Sam. And those classes are for children up up to six years old so she's like way too old to be in those classes like she would not be allowed to be taking those classes but um can we say quickly that they do a really incredible job of like incorporating her as like basically the mother goose to these little ducklings like i don't know how they did it but they weave her into this class very nicely uh especially when she wasn't going to even be skating in the recital until the day of and then she has this like (laughs) showcase part in it i didn't even think of that (laughs) yeah that was pretty nonsense um sorry to to interrupt one more time but just comparing this movie to the last one we watched which i already forget the cutting edge um (laughs) that is all about how like look how much work we have to put into these routines here she does that the day of, and then the in the final performance, they're like, why is she just throwing triples in there? Like, where'd that come from? And it's like, Oh my god, yeah, I forgot she, like, improvised. Is the opposite of Cutting Edge. Uh, and that, yeah. and yet they're both great. Yeah, they are both great. And also, I agree with your assessment of it being the opposite of the Cutting Edge. I think, actually, in competition, if you throw in a jump that, like, wasn't supposed to be there, I think you actually get, like, marked down for oh, that. Oh, probably. Yeah, um, but the the skills that you see those little kids learning in those classes are like way beyond those snowplow Sam skills that they would be learning. So like they really had to like bump up um, the drama of the moves that those little <laughs> kids were learning because otherwise it would be so boring to watch. <laughs> Well, as someone who grew up going to my sister's dance recitals, I can tell you that the very early dance classes is just like, hey, we're tapping our foot all at the same time, and look how proud we are. And yeah. Like, that's, yep. that's yeah, that's the you beginning You put your hands on too. your hip, and you tap one foot, then you tap the other foot. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a list of, of moves that they learn. Um, sitting and standing. <laughs> marching in place. Marching forward. Gliding. Uh, dips, backward wiggles, swizzles. So those, like, you know, but there's... Swizzles! I remember <laughs> swizzles. I used to ice skate, you guys. Yeah. Swizzles uh, are fun. I mean, I, I don't think Wait, what's I a swizzle? went past, like, the... It's, um, like, it's like when you open and close your skates, right? Oh. I don't... I think it's a... Hang Damn on. It. I'm going to look up what it is. So it's not like you're creating, is. like, a DNA helix with your ice skates, or no? <laughs> uh... Swizzle ice skating. But I, while, while you guys look this up, I, I am glad that you basically said that the intro level classes, you basically learn how to stand on ice skates and move around without falling. Yeah. And that's it. Which exactly. is, you know, I guess that's important because like, you can't do uh, anything, any, you know, triple axles out of nowhere. Or I counted yeah. two references to toe pick in this movie and also at least one close up of a toe pick. So you're not learning oh, yeah. how to use yes. a toe pick. In... One of the characters even toe picks herself during a competition. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, those like introductory classes are, are divided into four progressive levels. So like you, like day one, you're learning how to not fall down, just standing there. And then, you know, it goes from there. Um, 
But yeah, it would have been really boring if they <laughs> had these kids doing what they actually would have been doing. Yeah, so Swizzle, I know the answer. This okay. YouTube lady taught me. It's when, it is when you like, you're like going, well, you go forwards or backwards and you like open your feet really wide and then you close them. Right. And then oh, you okay. open them really wide and then you close them and you use that to like move either forward or backwards. You know, when I, I was thinking of a twizzle, which What's is, a twizzle? it's an ice dancing move. So hang on. Again, great audio. Every time, <laughs> and I don't think they really talked about ice dancing in this. I think that was more the last movie we were talking about on the last podcast. But every time you mention ice dancing, I think of what we what John and I called uh, fancy horse dancing on our Sports for Starters podcast, which this <laughs> podcast is becoming. And fancy horse dancing is just is it's dressage, where it's like the horse yeah. is like you know daintily moving over things. And so whenever you say <laughs> ice dancing, I just think of horses doing that on ice, which I know is not a thing, but um, now it's a thing that I want. That would be amazing. I be amazing though. Have some ideas about that. Um, <laughs> I gotta call somebody a Bojack Horseman, but a, twi- a twizzle is like a kind of spin in one direction and then a spin in another direction. And in <laughs> ice dancing, they kind of like do them in unison. It's a it's a great move. It, it's hard to describe, but they're fun. Uh, th- I feel like this is from an era where um, characters in movies and TV shows had technology that was like very far beyond <laughs> oh my god like real technology oh my god <laughs> so there's no had... way her 2003 <laughs> dell laptop would be able to render this stuff in real time <laughs> yes. and i oh got god, it was amazing i get so mad every time i see it it's a it's actually a wonder that i do enjoy this movie because i get so mad about that part <laughs> i didn't even think about it she has this crazy setup where she has this like shitty dv camcorder (laughs) that is hooked up to her computer and she's shooting the figure skaters oh because the important part that you left out of your synopsis is that she's actually using what she's learned about physics and figure skating to teach the other girls to be better at figure skating (sighs) to become a better coach than their actual coaches right and she in one day (laughs) she writes this computer program that allows her to stream video footage into her shitty 2003 Dell laptop which renders their movements in real time and does these physics calculations of like how they could improve the move by like pulling their arms in or whatever that leads to my favorite lines in the movie though I need to find it hold on it is did you know she had a triple and then Hayden says, she, uh, this is this is Hayden talking to Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall says, did you know she had a triple? Hayden says, she came to win. And then Kim Cattrall says, she figured that out on her computer. And then Hayden says, mom, the computer doesn't make the jumps for you. <laughs> well, that's because Michelle Trachtenberg said that to Hayden earlier when Hayden mm-hmm. did a really good jump because of her computer. And that was like a nice friendship moment for them too. Can we talk yeah, about, the, the, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that Hayden Panettiere is, like, set up to be the mean girl. That's what I was talking about. And it turns out yep. they, like, flip it on its head. She's not the mean girl. Her mom is. But also, like, everybody is. Everybody in this movie is a nasty bitch to everybody well, else in this I movie. Mean, <laughs> I don't know how it is in gymnastics, but in competitive figure skating, like, but even, people can but, be yeah, really nasty. Even, even at school, though, everyone is mean to everybody else, it feels like. Yeah. Well, tween girls, you know. I 
guess so. And that was the moment where Kim Cattrall buys Michelle Trachtenberg the ice skates, the new ice skates, and then she obviously Ugh. doesn't do well. I was like, oh no, I've seen mm-hmm. this movie before. Like, I don't know. Like, that's not in another <laughs> movie, right? That's only from this movie. Yeah, I think so. Because it's like so, a purposeful sabotage because it takes yes. so long to break in new skates that skating with new skates during a competition is like real rookie mistake. Yeah, Masquerading as a compliment, as a nice thing, though. Mm-hmm. But this is like where I get a little... I guess she's just a kid. She's just a kid. I can't be mad at her. But like, she like ha- she like cannot take control of anything that happens to her. Like, she's been ice skating for, like, a little while at this point, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. she still appears to know nothing about ice skating because she didn't know shit about her skates. Yeah. Like, I mean, as far as, like, her not being able to, like, know anything for her, I just think, like, her mom has been so controlling that, like, she doesn't... Yeah. She hasn't had to, like, use her critical thinking skills... Um, for like real life applications, you know what I mean? Like they, they've yeah. all been like funneled into academia. Well, but this this movie is also picky and choosy about it though, because mm-hmm. she also gets an after school job, um, and earns eight hundred dollars by working her minimum wage job one or two times. <laughs> Lol. Um, <laughs> but um, she appears to be like pretty good at that job. Like, she's Wait, not total what was dummy. her after school job? She worked she at the concession at stand the... at the ice rink. Yeah. Oh right. Um, so she's not that great at it because uh, way more one of than the... a quarter cup of cheese. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. Also, there was a hot dog in that scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot dogs! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! <laughs> There's a lot of like math and physics in this movie, kind of, but most of it is wrong. Um, and one of those <laughs> is some basic math when she serves food to the oh, other no. skaters she gives the total adding like she adds a bunch of numbers together and says that it equals 730 when it actually adds up to 755 <laughs> oh boy <laughs> yeah because like the other couple things that was that were wrong was that velocity times momentum does not equal acceleration i can't tell you anything other than that it just said that on imdb and um she also explained when she's making her video with her friend um that she spins faster because of conservation of angular momentum by pulling in her arms she decreases her radius thus decreasing her moment of inertia thus her angular velocity increases so she spins faster i don't know what about that is wrong or (laughs) it sounds right (laughs) yeah right i mean it sounds right I guess, like, th- it's in the details of, like, exactly why pulling in her arms makes her spin because faster. Because that part's true, right? Like, if you pull in your arms, you do spin faster, but I guess it's not yeah. the velocity yeah. of angular momentum. That's real. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I didn't take physics. Um, <laughs> hey, Cara, did can you... I say one of my favorite... Uh, yeah. well, oh. No, go ahead, Jordan. I wanted to say one of my favorite parts. Go for it. Um, there's, like... So she's always, like blurting out physics things by accident when she gets nervous and everyone's like looks at her like she's an alien Mm -hmm. um and there's one part where she like blurts out a physics thing and i think it's to the cute guy Mm -hmm. and he understands what she's saying like he like acknowledges that she said a physics thing and like agreed with her and she said how do you know about that (laughs) 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 as if physics was like a secret (laughs) 
secret magic that nobody else knows about. It was just, it made me laugh. Joe, you were about to ask me yes. something. What was Cara, it? Cara, did you love, I think you did, because I wrote this down, the alt skater girl at the end. Did you love her? Oh my god, of course I did. Oh my god, did. did you, were you in love with her boots because they were the best? Everything about her, she was even skating to Britney Spears' Toxic, which she is sure an interesting was. choice. Interesting choice given her aesthetic. Totally works. But yeah, she has this like goth slash mid-2000s quote-unquote punk thing going on yeah, that I really enjoyed. she's amazing. And she was a good skater. She was a great skater, yeah. In my notes, I just wrote Zoe forever. <laughs> She's Talk best. about a mean girl, though. She was awful. Was she played by an actual skater? Yeah. I think they all were. Okay. Except for, like, the two main girls. Mm-hmm. Did I... I don't think I've ever told... Have I told either of you that I met Hayden Panettiere? No. No. So when I was working at Best Buy, she and Mark <laughs> Sanchez came into Best Buy at, like, 8.45 on, like, a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, right before the store closed. And that was when they were sort of kind of dating, but not actually dating. And he went to look around for DVDs, and everybody's just sort of, like, floating toward them, because there's no one else in the store at quarter to nine on a weeknight. (laughs) And these are celebrities that people know, and they're both very handsome people. And she goes to the DVD section and just lays down on the floor, and people are like, are you okay? girl. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm just hanging out. And then... (laughs) <laughs> they look for whatever they buy, whatever they go to the front of the store, and everybody, everybody in the store, is just hovering around the checkout, just because like this is where we are now, and this is what we do, and they're just like we're watching them buy two movies or whatever, and they all leave. But we were like, oh my god, like they're celebrities in our store, they're just like us. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, the the fact that Hayden Panettiere will just lay down on the floor anywhere makes me like her like a hundred times more. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I have a lot of like weird retail stories about famous people that I like usually (laughs) didn't realize that it was a famous person until they left and people would be like, oh my God. And I'd be like, who is that? But none as good as Hayden Panettiere laying down in Best Buy. I apparently missed Alyssa Milano by like two minutes. Like she left right before I got there for the day. And I was like, I probably wouldn't Mm. have recognized her, but that's also sort of a bummer, but you know, oh, well. Apparently, Hayden Panettiere is very athletic. Uh, she said that she really enjoyed training for this movie, and that like she does this pretty complicated skin skin. What is the word that I'm looking for? <laughs> spin. That was just one letter off. I was close. She does this complicated spin towards the end of the movie, and it's actually her doing it, which she was very proud of. Wow. I was thinking about that because I, I saw I Tanya. And also saw a thing, like, talking about how they shot all the skating scenes. Mm-hmm. And they, they you know, we live in the future now, so I think they did a lot of CG on stunt doubles' faces. Yeah. Yep. Um, which you couldn't do, really, in 2005. Um, so this must have been much harder to make, make good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but, like... In Itanya, the only person that you really see skating a lot is Tanya herself. Whereas in this yes. movie, you see a lot of other people skating, and everyone except for Hayden Panettiere and Michelle Trachtenberg are actual were actually like competitive skaters. Yeah. But yeah, that CGI face shit is weird. 
I um I felt mad that like I think it's really cool that Michelle Trachtenberg learned to skate and whatever. I know she worked really hard at it, but like in the in the scenes where we're supposed to be like, oh, she's doing it. She's a beautiful <laughs> skater. Like she still looks like garbage. Like, and, and I'm not like. I hate that I think that, but, like, her, she has no performance quality. They didn't even, and I don't even really think it's her fault. I think it's whoever shot it and who directed it. Because she just, she just doesn't. Like, there's no, like, sparkle in her face. There's no, like, connection with the audience, like, either me or her fake audience that she's skating for. There's just, like, (laughs) nothing. Yeah, she's no joke. And it makes it boring to watch. True that. Yeah, I mean, people train their whole lives for this shit you know and she trained very hard for 10 months but like that's the kind of stuff that takes a really long time to refine you know yeah like because it's one thing to learn how to do a jump and learn how to land a jump and like learn how to do all these moves and thread them together but then there are like those additional finishing touches that like people take years of ballet to master or you know um like we've talked about before being nervous before a performance and like physically leaving your body (laughs) you know and like like you said it took you a long time to get to a point where you could like be in your body at the same time as you were actually performing and I think that's just something that comes with time and it comes with doing it over and over again and like training for 10 months you're just not going to get there yeah well I I think they should have done more work to make her look better than she ended up looking I mean, I think it's important to point out that she does not win. She only comes in second, so clearly... She doesn't win. Clearly. Very realistic. Who'd she place behind the jumping shrimp? Jumping shrimp, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the end, she has that interview with ESPN where she's, like, yelling at her mom and then turns around and is, like, this adorable little princess. Yeah. (laughs) All I wrote down was something about the media training of athletes, and I had a lot of very complicated thoughts about it at the time, and now I wouldn't be able to tell you what there they are. is the the not media training, but related to ESPN, related to that whole like broadcast element of that final scene. There is the worst line reading I've heard in a movie in a long, long time, <laughs> where Brian Boitano and Christy Yamaguchi, right? That's who they are, right? I think. No, yeah. it's Michelle Kwan. It's Michelle Kwan. Yep. Because he calls her Christy. Oh. Yeah, I don't think they're actually playing themselves in this movie. That's why. Um, I thought they were supposed to be. Let's see. Let's I, so I googled here. Brian Boitano, and it's definitely him. But then I googled Ice Princess Christy Yamaguchi, who she was apparently known as the Ice Princess. Oh, okay. But that's definitely Michelle Kwan. Okay. Because he calls her Christy, which is why I got confused. I'm not being racist. Like, he calls her Christy. So I was like, oh, but I guess <laughs> okay. I, it must be her. Um, but there is Yeah, a, and they're credited as themselves. So I don't know why that would happen. <laughs> I don't know. There is Maybe one, he's racist. He is, messed up. <laughs> they just left it in. So one line. So after, after Michelle Trachtenberg skates and goes off and is with Kim Cattrall, like, reading her scores, he says, and I'm going to try to do it justice the way he says, did she do it? No, it's not enough. She'll have to settle for silver. Like, there's no build-up or anticipation. <laughs> she, he's just like, did she do it? Nope, not, nope, nope, nope. And then, like, that's it. Like, there's no reaction to the scores, to the fact, like, you just found that, that not only did she come in second place, but that the jumping shrimp won. There's no emotion in his voice. There's no inflection. He's just like, 
Did she do it? No, it's not enough. She'll have to settle for silver. And I was just so weird because he he did figure skating commentary for years. Like, it's not like this is the first time he would have been doing this. I wrote down in my notes that like we need Tara and Johnny in this because yeah, I mean they wouldn't have been who they are now thirteen years ago, but and actually no, Johnny was still skating competitively. Side note, if you are listening to this the day it comes out, watch Lip Sync Battle on the new Paramount TV network, no longer Spike, because Tara and Johnny are competing against each other tonight, so that should be a lot of fun, I think, I hope. Yeah, it looks really funny. I've seen pieces of it on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about some of the um, tropes that this movie did? Sure. Like, to the point where I'm like, is that, was that, are they, do they know that they're doing that? Is that a joke? (laughs) Like, there's one part where they um, go to a party, um, and uh, Hayden kind of tricks um, Michelle Trachtenberg into going to the party. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, we're going to hang out. And then Michelle Trachtenberg is like, oh, where are we going? And they're going to, like, the cool high school party. Um, But so... Michelle Trachtenberg is like, oh, but I didn't... These aren't the right clothes. And, like... And Hayden is like, just take down your hair. And, like, that's how they solve it. It's just so, like, she's all that. Where, like, she takes down her hair and now she's hot. Um, I thought that one... That was the one that I was really like, oh, is that, like, supposed to be a joke? Like, they know they're referencing all their stuff? Yeah, I'm sure. Right? But it wasn't done well enough for it to <laughs> definitely play that way. Um, And then the other one was, like, they put... It, it was very Breakfast Club. They put, like, eyeliner on the bottom of her eyes, and she was just like, ooh. Like, she was, like, a different person because she put on, like, a <laughs> tiny bit more makeup. Oh, which then her mom gives her, like, all that shit for, which yeah. sucks. And she yeah. she says, what's so wrong about feeling strong and graceful and beautiful for once? Let's talk about so that sad. part. Yeah. Because I think it, like like, that, like, snuck up on me. Because, like, it's such a real thing. Like, the contrast between, like, we don't want to be seen for our, like, looks alone. Well, Mm -hmm. or maybe not at all. Um, Or that you can only be one thing. Like, you can only be pretty. Or you can only be smart. Or you can only be athletic. Or maybe you can be two of those things, but definitely not all three. And it's it's a real bummer. Um, I don't like that. I, and I, really I actually like, like that, that the yeah I like that the movie kind of like deals with that because um, it's certainly something that like I think a lot about anyway yeah yeah that was like maybe the realist part yeah well I actually I found like the overbearing moms very uh real too like it was, <laughs> to, to be honest it was a little triggering <laughs> Uh, oh. <laughs> but um, like I just I they, they seemed very real to me the the two mother characters that, like even like like Kim Cattrall like she sabotages a child mm-hmm. so that her child can win is that a real thing? Well, all the parents so that her movie her are child crazy. can win. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what a monster. No, stage moms, figure skating moms. I'm sure that there are gymnastics moms like that too. Like, it's like both her and um, 
John Cusack's character like can't see their daughters beyond their own idea of what they should be and like their own missed opportunities and like projecting yeah. all of this stuff onto mm-hmm. their kids that they weren't able to do. Um, but actually her, um, Kim Cattrall's character is named Tina Hardwood, which is like a, I don't know if it's an exact, it's not an exact, um, what is that thing called when they mix up the letters to spell something else? Anagram. 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 Um, but it's a reference to Tanya Harding. Tina Hardwood. Tanya oh. Harding. <laughs> because in the movie, Tina tried to cheat her way to the top by injuring another skater in the same way that Tanya was accused of doing so. Of course, wow. we know there's more to the story. But Look at that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I um, 100% believe... Like, a, not only a skating mom, but like a coach and skating mom so- sabotaging another kid so that her kid could win. Yeah, I, I believe that 100%. I believe it too. I just like can't even. But then what's cool is that Hayden Panettiere is like mature enough to be, no, I don't deserve this. I'm going to, I'm bailing. And I guess, you know, she just wants to have a normal high school. Like, I kind of wish we knew more mm-hmm. about her. Like, we don't really know a lot about anybody except for Michelle Trachtenberg, it feels like. Right. But we, we, we gather that Hayden Panettiere has skated all of her life and never really had much of a social life and probably up every morning before school skating with her mom and then after school, and this was her life, her life, her life. And we sort of get that as implied because that feels like a cliche and something that's also true to life, but it also would have been nicer if we saw more of her before she goes, she does that pivot, that toe-pick pivot from uh, mean girl <laughs> to hero, sort of, and then just abandons what she's worked on for 16 or 17 years so that her her mm-hmm. friend who she's been friends with for six months can move on like i don't and, and this is feel like michelle trachtenberg even really wants to do this either like it's all the motivations <laughs> here are sort of goofy and weird yeah well i think like there's it's a slow burn because you see that pull between um hayden pantier's character and her mother of like she just wants to be a normal kid she wants to spend time with her boyfriend she wants to go to parties she and then there's also that exchange between her and the other two junior skaters when they're at school when the jumping shrimp is like don't you just love skating like don't you just want to do it like all of the time and she's like "Mm, no not really like you know so i i think they actually do kind of establish that like her heart isn't a hundred percent in this and so when that thing happens and she is upset with her mother and like it's like fuck this i'm not skating um i i think that was just kind of the straw to break the camel's back i just feel like it's kind of the thing that the main character in a movie does like it feels like if this if this was her movie and we see her give it up for this like secondary character to like take advantage of this opportunity and go on to silver like that feels more like the movie mm-hmm. but the fact that like it's this other character there's a little bit of this like deus ex machina that just saves michelle trachtenberg <laughs> and like lets her advance and lets her go on it just feels a little sort of somewhat unearned yeah well what well, definitely is the whole thing is unearned <laughs> <laughs> okay good like the fact that she's even at the sectionals competition to begin with is pretty it's ridiculous yeah yeah like, can you imagine how pissed off you would be? You oh worked your whole goddamn life for something. It was all you cared about. And then this girl waltzes in after teaching herself to skate for, yeah. like, two months and beats you? Yeah, no, thank you. Hell no. 
I'd probably burn down the locker room. Right. So. She could have paid a few more dues, I think. Mm. Well, Michelle Trachtenberg has this other friend, this other, like, nerd friend. Oh, yeah. Who is pretty one-dimensional. Well, I wouldn't say one-dimensional. <laughs> I, th- I think that there's a... There's potential. There's a lot of potential for this character, and I was a hundred percent convinced she was gay until like the last five minutes of the, the movie. end. Yeah, the last five minutes of the movie when she turns to Hayden Panettiere's character, and like they, ha- at least three times I thought they were gonna make out. I I can't explain why. It just seemed like it was gonna happen. Well, I could see that. And um, but instead she asks her if she knows any cute guys, and I was like, what? Yeah, in Where return is this for coming tutoring. From? That Hayden's like, I can't, oh, I can't do math. She's like, do you do tutoring? <laughs> and the girl's like, do you know any cute boys? And that's the deal that they worked out. That they're going to be friends now, and they hug okay. and they celebrate at the end. But yeah, that's, they're trading... She's trading tutoring for popularity, I guess. Yeah, but even that hug at the end, they they like it's an excited hug because their friend is like kicking ass. And there's this pause in the hug where they like both lean back and they look at each other. And I was like, oh, they're <laughs> definitely going to kiss, right? <laughs> and then they didn't. And it just, it bummed me out because it like, it is such an opportunity to just like casually have a gay character who like, it's not this whole big dramatic thing. And it's just there and like not tragic. And it's just, you know, her friend. And Hayden Pantier's character, she's learning new things about herself maybe she might be into girls who knows and then they run off into the sunset together um that's how i would have ended the movie but keep but in anyway. mind that this is a disney movie who's already right. sort of behind the times on that from 13 years ago so that's yeah. way long yeah. ago and we were saying about this before we watched it uh that it's rated g like i can't remember the last time i saw a rated <laughs> g movie like there's no way <laughs> yeah. that there's going to be two girls kissing in a disney rated g or disney made g-rated movie from 2005 i know today maybe like you know in like a pixar i mean i don't know who knows um yeah well i said this to you guys uh a few days ago that i had this theory i didn't tell you what my theory was that was my theory um and i was like oh somebody somewhere has had to write some weird fan fiction about this right of course the internet did not disappoint but the weird thing about this piece of fan fiction is that everybody's gay (laughs) it's just those two characters that wind up together uh michelle trachtenberg's character winds up married to kim cattrall's character whoa yeah i mean to be fair thanks internet (laughs) if you're writing fan fiction about this world there's only like one and a half guys there's the guy who michelle trachtenberg's Mm. zamboni guy and then there's the guy that they talk that she talks to at the party, and then scares off with her physics. There's no yeah, other hockey guy. There's no other men in this movie, really. Yeah, that's true. So um, if you're writing slash fiction that some of these characters well, are getting Hayden's together, boyfriend is in it for like one second. And Brian Boitano's oh, yeah. in it for one second, but like in terms of people <laughs> with a meaningful role, it's just Zamboni guy, basically. Yeah, that's true. Is he in the fan fiction? Nope. Well, he they mention him. That he had a hard time coming to terms with the fact that both his sister and his mother are gay. Um, it was a it was a pretty short piece, nothing nothing too crazy, but it just it was like a, a major plot twist twist that I did not expect. Is it on fanfiction.net? I believe so. Yeah. Which is where we found Sharpay's fabulous adventure two for Zack Attack, the thirty thousand character. Uh, 
55-page single-spaced Microsoft Word document that we did an entire episode about. So we are intimately wow, wow, familiar wow. with fanfiction.net here on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Yeah, I um, I was going to read it, but it's just not written very well, and it just it's, it's a little too clumsy, oh, but, but it is called Ice... <laughs> oh, no. Guys, I didn't know this website existed. Oh, my God. Jordan. I feel like it's a black hole I could get really lost in. Oh, oh my 100%. God. You have no idea. Like, just think about uh, any But it is characters. called Ice Ice Baby. Oh, I like so, that a lot. Just so you know. <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah. But, Jordan, just think of any two characters from anything you've ever wanted to see, you know, boink, and you can probably find it on this website. It's not I all sex, though. I mean, this doesn't I have any that. sex in it. It was just, like, a romance story. Well, that was the whole thing about the Sharpay thing, is that we're like, oh, she and, like, the, it's it's about how sharp. Have you guys seen the High School Musical movies or no? No. no. So in it, there's Troy and Gabrielle, who's Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. They're the couple. And Sharpay, the Ashley Tisdale character, is sort of this third banana, who's kind of the mean girl. And by the end, she learns lessons. And she's sort of a good person, whatever. She's the town rich girl. And her name is Sharpay. Sharpay Evans. S-H-A-R-P-A-Y. That is, that is an interesting choice. Yes. She's got a dog named Boy. So this fan fiction is about how, after the third movie, Troy and Gabriella break up and... Sharpay moves to New York to be on Broadway and Troy, Zac Efron, goes to visit and they find out that they have feelings for each other. And the fan fiction is written every other chapter is from one of their perspectives. So it does like a, a Zac Efron chapter, then an Ashley Tisdale chapter, and then a Zac Efron chapter, and then an Ashley Tisdale chapter. And they're but they're both about the same thing. Like you'll see one scene from his perspective and then one scene from her perspective. And it's wonderfully huh. terribly written in that way. But then so we were like, oh, they're gonna be like this can get real nerdy, real real nasty because it's rated like mature like there's there's ratings on t- fanfiction fanfiction.net so you know how far you're getting in and then there's like some hints at sex in the final chapter and that's it like there's no actual like description of anything so i feel like most of this is tame but at the same time it's all about that intimacy leading up to the moment mm. mm-hmm. judging on the I think one we'll- thing that i've read I don't know. I think we could probably actually have like a whole fan fiction section of this podcast because I guarantee you, <laughs> like every single thing that we've done, there's some fanfic out there on the internet. Well, you know how Mike's new podcast, Shout Out to Third Time Charm, has a book club. You guys should just do a fan yeah. fiction club. I think we should. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> you don't want some like real sexy Jeff Goldblum fan fiction when you did Jurassic Park. Mm. Uh, no. I don't know. Alright. I'd rather, like, Laura Dern, maybe? Yeah. Laura Dern and one of the dinosaurs? Or just dinosaurs? <laughs> well, yeah, like, with dinosaurs? If you say Jurassic Park, that's what I think, too. I'm like, oh, Jeff Goldblum and one of the dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Just throwing it out there. I still think you guys should do M.A.S.H., um, apparently math is an issue, I guess. Here's what you need to do. You need to get <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg from this movie on this podcast. She can sort out You're all right. of your MASH issues. No, we need her friend. She only does physics. Her friend does math. Mm. There's a lot of math and physics. That's true. But they are very clear that they are different things in this movie. <laughs> so is Michelle Trachtenberg going to go to Harvard to study physics? I guess, right? Um, no. Or is that unclear? She left the interview. Well, well yeah. No, she was, but that was her plan, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. But that's why I'm so, I was like, 
that's what doesn't line up for me in this movie because like you know her mom wants to go to harvard blah 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 whatever so her mom has this whole plan for her that i would assume that she knows about but then she was like so shocked to learn that she was good at physics like isn't wasn't that the whole plan to begin with was she shocked i think she was more shocked about the figure skating part no i think she was shocked about that too but like and can we also say like why can't she do both why can't she go to harvard and also do figure skating exactly i mean well well because you don't have time for college if you're going to be training as an athlete full-time yeah but also like this idea like because her mother her mother says something like what you're just gonna you're gonna train and you're gonna maybe go to these competitions and then and then that's it like at 26 you're just gonna be done and used up and like your life will be over which is crazy because you're still so young at 26 first of all second of all people go back to school later in life all of the yeah, time right? like I don't understand why well I do understand it's because her mother is a control freak but like <laughs> you know yeah, like as if at 26 she couldn't go to college right which I mean is a pretty you know the idea that you're like used up at 26 is a pretty prevailing concept throughout our culture but it just bums me out well but it's also usually pretty true for people who right. throw themselves into some kind of full-time athletics for 10 years well i mean yeah that's true within the sport maybe but that doesn't mean that you can't then go do other things in life especially if you have the academic capability to a get into harvard and b or like a even think about applying to harvard b possibly get in and like c do physics like she's gonna be fine and it's also like it's also not like there's zero value in dedicating yourself to a sport for right. a few years like, and in this like fan fiction there's no story, value in that yeah and in this fan fiction story she makes it all the way to the olympics and she gets the gold <laughs> so you know there's a lot it's not like she's ryan lochte like it's not like she has no other skills you know <laughs> like she'll be fine can we talk about early in the movie how she's dressed as both kim cattrall underneath like where she's hiding it her inner her inner self <laughs> is Kim Cattrall with the ice skating outfit, and then her outer self is Joan Cusack's blazer. Yeah. But in both cases, those moms are, like, projecting their... Oh, 100%. Like, their hopes and dreams onto her. Like, 100%. literally yeah, in the form so of clothes. Hard. She also has to, like, hide that skating outfit and her skates like they're drugs. Like... <laughs> She's gonna hide him from her mom, and when and then when her mom like, it really is like in a in a movie where like drugs spill out of a kid's like notebook or yeah. something. She drops her backpacks on the floor and a skate falls out, and her mom is like, oh, "You've been skating." Ah. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. <laughs> I learned it from watching well, not, you, mom. Well, not you, but my friend's mom. The look on Hayden's face when she finds out that Kim Cattrall gives Michelle Trachtenberg her old skating outfit is devastating. Like, yeah, I feel like it's a different body type because it feels like Michelle Trachtenberg's like a foot taller mm-hmm. than Hayden Panettiere. And yeah. I don't know she's if that, really tall. I don't know if that costume would have. Yeah, she's way too tall her. to be doing any of these moves. But anyway, <laughs> but Hayden's like devastated when he when she finds out that you know her mom, her mom who's been coaching her skate since she was a little girl, gives this random new girl her outfit like okay mm-hmm. that's weird no i mean it makes perfect sense that she'd be upset though because like 
you know, she probably like looked at her mom's costumes and like loved them and thought they were beautiful and like wanted to wear them. And her mom was probably like, no, you can't have this. Yeah. You know, so it, it makes sense that she like would then turn around and like give the costume away to somebody else. Um, that would be pretty hurtful for sure. Because uh, yeah. I think I think the relationship between Michelle Trachtenberg's character and Kim Cattrall's character, like, in a lot of ways, like, because she's such a natural, you know, the way as opposed to like Hayden Panettiere's character who's been working her whole life to to do some of these moves, maybe didn't have the natural ability and like had to work that much harder. Whereas Michelle Trachtenberg's character just. It's not like she never skated before. Obviously, she spent a lifetime skating on ponds, but it's, like, a very different thing. But, like, that she was able to just waltz onto the ice and, like, be, be crowned this ice princess with uh, not no effort, but, like, just not as much. I could see how that would be very hurtful. I'm, like, hurt on her behalf just thinking about it. <laughs> Poor Hayden. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad. Like, this movie's actually, like, really sad if you look at, like, the fact that, like, even once um, they succeed and they, like, or at least once Michelle Trachtenberg's character succeeds and, and even wins her mother over into, like, respecting what her daughter is capable of doing, like, she and Kim Cattrall's character just immediately start arguing about you know figure skating instead of like will she or won't she be allowed to do this how is she going to do it and like I, it has to be my way no it has to be my way and they like can't even let her just for like they, yeah. an evening enjoy the fact that like she's accomplished this amazing thing you know Ugh. yeah it's never it really breaks her. my heart yeah. Nobody is ever like, hey, what do you want? Yeah. To, to any of the kids in this, really. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. Uh, the movie had three taglines. Do you guys want to hear them? Yeah. How many of them involve puns? All of them? Um, All of them. Wonderful. Yeah. Hit me with them. <laughs> no, just two. Oh. two. Two of the three. Okay. So the first one, from scholastic to fantastic, exclamation point. <laughs> Okay, uh, sure. Which, I don't know. Is that a pun? I don't I think so. Sure. No, it's just a rhyme. Okay. I think that also, <laughs> that also implies Word that you can't be fantastic at school. Right? <sighs> anyway. Uh, big things happen to those who dream big. Which is a pretty standard sports movie mm. idea. Um, feels like a short joke. That's too jump. many uses of the word big in one. It also feels like a short joke against the jumping <laughs> shrimp, so... Mm, mm, that's interesting. Uh, but this one's my favorite. From small town mathlete to big time athlete. The oh, best I one. like that one. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That is the it's best the third one. one listed, though, which is surprising. Um, although not a huge hit at the cinema uh, when it was released, the DVD and Blu-ray of this film sells extremely well at ice rinks all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> including in the Middle East, where uh, a skater named Zara Lari, um, she's from the United Arab Emirates, she was inspired by this movie to take up figure skating um, and was like the first 
skater to compete in a hijab. Huh. That's so neat. Yeah. I guess she was a 2018 Olympic hopeful, but I don't, I didn't find any current information about her. So I'm assuming that she is not going to make it to Pyeongchang. Do you think this movie is like the stick it of ice skating? No, that's the cutting edge. Wait, what's the stick it? <laughs> Do you know the movie Stick It? Mm-mm. It's a gymnastics movie. Is it better than that... Dream to Believe? Um, I have not seen it's... that one. Oh, Kara. Dream to Believe? Because I, <laughs> I, love, I love a gymnastics movie. Uh, it's a oh my God. Keanu movie. Wait, I've never even told you what? about Dream to Believe? Oh, my God. I am obsessed with it. It's also what? called Flying. It's also called I Dream okay. of Flying. Uh, it's but it's all, it's on YouTube in its entirety. You can, How did if you I not Google know this was Dream a thing? Did you guys do this on Keanu Club? We sure yes. did. So, Kara, this, yes. this movie is so good that we did 72 episodes of Keanu Club, and there were two surprises. There was Man of Tai Chi, which he directed, which is also great. Uh-huh. And there was this movie, which Jordan, I don't even know. Did you know? I think, I don't know if you knew it was gymnastics. Or you just sort of like assumed based on the title that it was um, gymnastics or something. I think I think when you gave me the list, because it was like the second round, it was like, here's what's left. Do you want one? So I picked it like randomly and Googled it, and I just saw the word gymnastics, and I was like, yes, that, that. And little did we know that this was going to be the most <laughs> wonderful movie. It's like a great so It's a bad movie. Is that movie. a shirtless it's Keanu a on the cover? bad movie. I don't know, maybe. Uh, he, I, don't, I don't remember Keanu like being in it a ton. He's not in it a ton. I've watched it twice since we watched it for the podcast. It's mostly um, Olivia Diabo. Uh, there's also a, a killer hot dog scene in there that Jordan lost her mind. I, okay, Kara, there is a scene with <laughs> hot dogs that I laughed so hard when it first came on that I had to pause the movie for minutes so that wow. I could calm down. <laughs> and then, Kara, when we were recording, we had to wait about 30 seconds or a minute for Jordan to catch her breath when we just got to, when we <laughs> mentioned that scene. <laughs> it's wow. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Which oh is why I, I cannot <laughs> wait to watch between this. Between that and then the opening of Sweet November, which is going to release on Watch the Throne in a couple of weeks. Uh, where Keanu just is watched today. where Keanu is doing an ad campaign for hot dogs. Between that has a hot movie, dog speech. Has hot dog speech. That's why we did the golden the golden hot dogs for Keanu Club because they were so mm-hmm. prevalent. So in this movie, like Jordan mentioned it earlier, we didn't explain why. But when there's hot dogs, the kids like ew, you breathed on it. Uh, very important to the very fabric of this podcast network. Wow, hot dogs. Oh man, I yeah. cannot wait to see that. It's a it's, hot yeah, dog. Dream, it was like, like Dream to Believe was made like I feel like just after like Flashdance. Is that the movie it with was all the dancing? Hot. And, I like, love Flashdance. Dream to Believe it's was like, like one of my favorite movies. So it's like in the era of like Flashdance and like Dirty Dancing where they have these like epic like dancing scenes and like people really loved it and they were like, yeah, we can make that with gymnastics and it's so bad and it's so good. There is a tumble off. There is a tumble off. Outside of a restaurant. Outside. (laughs) It's incredible. Wow. There's a lot of like shadow gymnastics in like a giant warehouse that also happens to have like springboards and boxes and there's like a security guard who like 
creepily watches, but is also, like, a cool guy. Like, it's the weirdest, best movie. Check it out. It's incredible. But yeah, I think I think we recorded we like get a there? two Why are we talking about this stick it? You asked if um, this movie is the stick it. Oh, of right, right, right. right. So stick it, yeah, so what's stick is it? a gymnastics movie. Stick it is out. the bring it on of gymnastics movies. Yeah, and it's not as good as bring it on, but like as a gymnast, it's like it's all we got. So I'll take it. And Jeff Bridges is in it, and he's great in it. Oh yeah, he plays their coach, he plays right? their coach. Yeah. Um, it's about this girl who, um, like was a really good gymnast and then quits, but you don't know why she had quit. And so she becomes but she's all like, like a, alternative. Yeah. She becomes like a juvenile delinquent and like gets in trouble. And like, so she goes to like court and they're like, okay, you can go to juvie or you can go back to gymnastics. So she <laughs> has to go back to gymnastics. <laughs> and, like, and it's just so good. It's really, I mean, I'm sure it's not actually good, but. You know, it's like there aren't that many gymnastics movies to choose from. Mm -hmm. So if you know a gymnast, we're all like, yeah, stick it. Like, and everyone's really pumped about it. Except Jordan's like, yeah, flying. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess the cutting edge came out in, what did we say, 92, 93, 94, somewhere around that. Okay. So, I mean, maybe to the younger generations this movie is more relevant than that one is but that one is like the archetypal figure skating movie Kara, on your spreadsheet your your master spreadsheet of all ice skating movies we're going to do which movies came out more recently than this that we were going to cover aside from i Tanya, which was just a glimmer yeah. in the spreadsheet's eye were there other ones have there, have there been up. other ice skating movies in the last decade oh for sure i think there's actually been some that have come out since i made the spreadsheet so of note though like of significance or not oh no 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 none of these are (laughs) like straight to dvd like cutting edge five uh no although remember how last time we were talking about the uh, the cutting edge sequels of course and i you asked me who was in one and it was francia Reza. was that her name don't know and I was like, I don't know who that is. And then it, it was like somebody that had been in stuff with Zac Efron. And you recognized her name. Oh, maybe it was a different person. Was it Christy Carlson Romano? Yeah, she played. Well, no, she wasn't Zac Efron. She was uh, Shia's sister on Even Stevens. Okay. Never mind. That connection is dead now. Um, <laughs> because I was just, the other night I started watching Grownish, which is the spinoff of Blackish, right. and Francia Reza, who was the the female romantic lead in some of the cutting edge sequels, is on that TV show. And I thought that might have been the same person. Oh. I got distracted. You asked me other figure skating movies that came out after this. So this was 2005. Also in 2005, a movie called Go Figure, starring Jordan Hinson, Whitney Sloan, and Christine Ross came out. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody dreams of becoming a champion ice skater. There's a Russian coach, yada, yada, yada. Um, and in 2006 was when the first cutting edge sequel, Going for the Gold, came out. And that's the one starring Christy Carlson Romano. Uh, in 2007, Blades of Glory, starring Will Ferrell and John Heater, came out. Oh, uh, yeah, duh. I forgot mm-hmm. about that one. 
2008, The Cutting Edge, Chasing the Dream. That's the one that stars Francia Reza. Uh, 2009, Ice Castles, starring a bunch of people I've never heard of. Um, you know, more injuries, championships, yada yada. Uh, 2009, Ice Dreams, more people I've never heard of. Oh, Shelley Long was in that. Um, 2010, The Cutting Edge, Fire and Ice. Uh, 2013 was um, the short documentary, The Diplomat, which I talked about in the last episode, which is part of ESPN's 9 for 9 series. That one was about Katerina Witt. Uh, in 2014, the Nancy and Tanya 30 for 30 came out called The Price of Gold. And in 2016, a movie called A Snow-Capped Christmas came out. Um, and then I had on the spreadsheet at the bottom in gray, I, Tanya, slated for a 2018 release, and here we are. Here we are. So. Before we forget, can we talk about what you wanted to talk about? Tara Lipinski? Oh, yeah. I saw on Instagram she posted an old uh, skating routine that she had done. She skated to the Speed soundtrack, so that's <laughs> a... Uh, Keanu Club connection that we have going on here. I don't really have much more to say about it other than that I was very excited to find that. It's great. Can can figure skaters have words in their music? So, I'm glad that you asked that because I did have a note here about that. In this movie, um, when this movie came out, the answer was no. But I think in the 2015 or 2016 season, U.S. figure skating finally allowed music with lyrics. And the 2018 games in Pyeongchang, the Olympic Games, um, this is the first Olympics that they'll be able to skate to music with lyrics. Which has, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about it. It's fine. I think people just generally choose shitty music. Um, (laughs) And what's even worse is that a lot of times they have these like shitty melt medleys that like yeah. don't make any sense and I get really upset about that although I did I was watching the four continents championship uh like last weekend or something and one of the guys from China had this amazing Star Wars medley that he skated to <laughs> which was an excellent choice I'm shocked that more people don't skate to Star Wars music like it would be cool to talk uh, I don't know the name of the song I should have I should have thought about the name of the song before but like if you skate to like the uh, Imperial March, that's what it's called. If you skate to yes. that, like, that would have been <laughs> great. Yeah, and it start, I think he starts out with that, but then um, cuts to um, the Cantina song. <laughs> and it's hilarious because, it, you know, it's like this tonal shift, but, like, it works really well. Um, and I think I actually laughed out loud when it happened. So you're saying that song is just like every other song on a Comedy Bang Bang episode that eventually becomes the Cantina theme. <laughs> sure. I don't listen to that That was mostly for a so. joke for Jordan, so I'm sorry that I left you out. I, I didn't mean to <laughs> intentionally exclude you, but I had to say it. No, it's fine. It's just that you were saying it kind of to me, and I, I didn't get it. I was just throwing it out there to the world. Just in, okay. It was in response to you, but to America. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm looking at my other notes here. Oh, uh, in one of the first scenes of the movie, Casey is, that's Michelle Trachtenberg's character, 
uh, it's, she's believed to be spying on other figure skaters. And in order to prove to the people at the ice rink that she's not a spy, she says that she has a notebook. And after the Zamboni guy <laughs> looks through it, <laughs> he jokingly says that it's spy code. And you know, nine years earlier, before this movie came out, Michelle Trachtenberg starred in none other Harriet than the Harriet spy. the Spy. Oh my god. Yep. And in that movie... She did write in code. Exactly. Yep. In a notebook. <laughs> so, that's fun. Um, let's talk about Michelle Trachtenberg, because this is her second appearance on this podcast. Oh, yeah. She was on uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. And Pete. Second, second only to Christina Ricci appearances, maybe? When I referenced, I mean, on the Christina Ricci episode that kicked this all off, I talked about Michelle Trachtenberg, so it's like, it's really closer yeah. to two and a half. It's, which is funny, because she's not in that much stuff. Like, she's yeah. hardly in anything. It's so true. But she's great in all the stuff that we've watched, and obviously we like Harriet the Spy. What else has yeah. she been in? She was in she Euro is... Trip, which is not good. She... She was on Buffy. Oh yeah, she was on Buffy. She didn't really like transition into adult roles. No, she hasn't, which is unfortunate because I think she's really good at everything she does. Yeah, I like her. I'll look at her IMDb profile and see if she's done anything. She recently. was also on Clarissa Explains It All. Oh. For like how old episodes. is she? Is she like how many years older? She's, than like, she's like three years older than me, maybe. Is she like thirty-three? I think she's my age. No, I think she's younger than that. I'm about to find out. She is. The suspense is killing me. <sighs> Sorry, I had to do math. She's 32. Okay. Well, while you're looking, what else is oh. she in? She was in 17 again with Zac Efron, apparently. Wait, was she? Who? I don't know. It's on her known for on IMDb, so I'm assuming so. Maggie. Who is Maggie? Gotta watch 17 again. Also, 17 again. Pretty solid movie. 28 episodes of Gossip Girl. Oh, she was on Weeds. I think she dated Silas for a couple episodes. Oh, I don't remember that at all. She was in Cop Out. Was that the uh, Tracy Morgan movie? Yep. Who was she in 17 again? Maggie. She's like eighth bill, so she's not nothing. Yeah, it's on her known for. I know. Well, I feel like she also hasn't been in a ton of things. Harriet the she Spy. apparently has been doing a lot of television over the last many years. Inspector Gadget the movie, Eurotrip, four episodes of Six Feet Under, Ice Princess, Black Christmas. Oh, Jordan, we watched that movie. That was terrible. That remake? I slept through that movie, but I do remember <laughs> the first part. I don't remember anything, so you remember more than I did, and I was awake the whole time. Um, wait, is Black Christmas the one? No, maybe I'm just thinking of the wrong one. Black Christmas, there's like four What's... high school, or I guess they're not high school, maybe, maybe they're high school, high no, school they're, college they're girls. like a sorority. Yeah. And they all get uh, murdered. Yeah, I kind of do remember It that. looks like she's doing a lot of TV and also probably what seems to be a lot of Lifetime movies based on their names. Like <laughs> Sister Cities and The Christmas Gift and Save the Date. Yeah, sounds like Lifetime. Huh. She's rocking real dark hair in her IMDb picture, looking good with that, so... Good on you, Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, but that's, that picture looks like it's from... Years ago? 2000. If I had to put a time on hair that straight with that kind of eyeliner, I with would say... With a part right in the middle like that? Yeah, I would say that's maybe at the latest 2011. Yeah, but 
probably earlier. Oh, so Kara, I mm-hmm. almost had a moment of realization that I realized it was a period piece and this went out the window. But when I was watching The Legend of Bagger Vance, starring, sort of starring, Charlize Theron for Watch the Throne, she has real thin, drawn-on eyebrows. And this was from 2000. I was oh like, my God. <gasps> I was like, is this this? And then I realized that it takes place in 1928. And I was like, that, that's not it. So that's not something. But I was I well, am on that, the lookout now. I'm, there's a bolo that out. That was also a trend back then. But it's the same thing. It's like the very, very thin, arched eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the 2000s eyebrow is like a little more subtle. Did you notice how thin everyone's eyebrows was were in Ice Princess? Sure did not. Okay. Well, I didn't either, and I usually notice eyebrows. Everyone had very thin eyebrows. Uh, they're not like ridiculously thin, but it's definitely noticeable. Or like it was to me, especially because we had just talked about it. Um, Why are you talking about eyebrows? Uh, because in the cutting edge, Moira Kelly has these like amazing bushy natural eyebrows, oh, she and it does just, have really good eyebrows. Yeah, and it's like so like I'm so not used to seeing women with natural and eyebrows on. Karen, screen. in a really offhanded way, was like, "So you know how like there's like the really like the, she's like you know the, the the very early 2000s thin eyebrow." I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! You have to take like three steps back because I am not George. I don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> she's used to talking to me. <laughs> the great eyebrow scare of the the early 2000s. And so I was I so it. proud of myself that I thought I caught one, and then I was like, "Nope." But now, when I watch Sweet November, I'll have to look out for that because that's modern day same time ish we'll see um well i'm sending both of you a picture right now which is not helpful for our listeners but you can find it on imdb.com there was a makeover scene in this in ice princess and um this image is from that makeover scene uh yep see the eyebrows so thin yeah it's true but I also, the other night, I told Jordan this, I was watching Miss Congeniality, and that is like a perfect study in this phenomenon that I'm talking about. Because at the beginning of the movie, um, Sandra Bullock is all like uncoiffed and has these big natural eyebrows, which are probably prosthetic uh, for the sake of the movie. But then she has this whole makeover, and then you see her go from like natural sized eyebrows down to like turn of the century super thin eyebrows it's a thing it's definitely a thing in that scene that you just sent the picture over of the make out or the make up make over any of these things not make, make out, over <laughs> no i almost do the same thing every single time i try and say the word makeover scene at which i do a lot on this podcast you know, the make out scene in this movie that didn't happen between the girls at the end but <sighs> when they're looking in the mirror and michelle Trachtenberg missed goes, opportunity i'm and hayden says you're hot, but just stay away from Brian. He's mine. I'm like, okay. Like, it's like this weird, like, like we need a joke here because we can't just have a tender moment in the middle of this movie. Um, <laughs> so why don't we just throw in a back? Like, why don't we reference this boy who's not in the movie, really, to say that Hayden is a good friend, but, like, don't cross her. Mm-hmm. But also, Zamboni guy, whose name is actually Teddy. I don't think we've actually said his name the whole time. Um, he's her brother, and I think she's giving... Michelle Trachtenberg's character the go-ahead to date, to date her brother because she's like but Teddy's okay like but you can have him you know whereas they like hadn't previously discussed it but it's not <laughs> yeah I don't it's a... I mean who cares really <laughs> we didn't even know that they were related for like half the movie 
Well, I feel yeah, like I true. knew, but they didn't say it. Oh, no, it's a re- it's, then... I think it's meant to be a reveal. Yeah. But y- did you guys also know? No. Because, I mean, even though oh. I apparently have seen this movie before. Uh, <laughs> because when like, it's a reveal that, like, Hayden and Kim Cattrall are mother-daughter. And then you're like, oh, my God, he's the brother, too. Like, it's supposed to be this, like, twist of the twist of the knife or twist of fate or something. Yeah. But Well, because he doesn't look like them because he's from Kim Cattrall's first marriage. Oh, do they do establish they? that? I don't, yeah. didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, no, that, that happens. Because he, like, tells some story. Because, like, when they do the reveal that him and Hayden are um, brother and sister, he, like, tells some story about how they, like, his mom got divorced, and they moved, and she bought the rink, and he helped fix it up. It was, like, a whole story. Oh. Oh well. Although, although him and Hayden do seem to be pretty close in age, mm-hmm. so they actually are seem like they should be blood related. I think I ran out of things to say about this movie. Other than, it's not great, but I liked it. I do like Cutting Edge more though. Yeah, it's oh, a it's a Cutting stronger movie a all the way movie. around. Yeah. yeah. Even though I love Michelle Trachtenberg, and also Hayden, kind That's of. That's okay. Uh, I think the last thing that I have is that, just a note, uh, networks like ESPN do not broadcast junior regional ice skating competitions. That is absolutely (laughs) correct. (laughs) I was also very upset about that. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's uh, not a thing that they do. I mean, I probably wouldn't have known that because I don't generally watch ESPN, but um, yeah, no, that's not a thing. Um, I want to talk about I kind of feel like I brought this up a little bit already, but, like, and I bring it up a little bit when we talk about anything that's, like, like straight up, like, for kids or tweens, but, like, I just hate the simplicity of this. I hate it. Like, to the point where, like, I am mad that this is the story that I had to grow up watching. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so, like, not not that it's actually simple. Like, whatever, she has struggles, the mom characters are kind of complicated, and especially in the ways that they treat their daughters. But, like, her problems are solved so easily. It's so annoying. Like, <laughs> and, like, we're meant to believe that just because she's good, she gets what she wants. Yeah. And that's, like, the least accurate message that, that children could be sent. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like... It is a Disney movie, but I agree. I just hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Well, I think that's, like, part of the reason that we, like, haven't done a lot of Disney movies on this podcast is that, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not particularly interested in doing a lot of Disney stuff because it is so saccharine and, like, one-dimensional as far as, like, the, you know, the... You know, whether we're talking about, like, the hero's journey or not, like, there's so little conflict or, like, real-world shittiness that, like, tempers all of the the other parts of it. I yeah. Don't know. Now I'm just, like, looking through the pictures from this movie on IMDb and marveling at the size of their eyebrows. <laughs> well, that feels like a, a lovely way to wrap it up, then, if you're just off into your eyebrow land. You guys should do an eyebrows podcast. <laughs> I, uh, no, I think you. I could do an eyebrows Please podcast, don't. although it really seems like a visual. 
It's almost like mm-hmm. a, it's like a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would be a web series. Audio for sure. YouTube channel. We're expanding from um, movies and nostalgia to movies, nostalgia, and eyebrows. Add the eyebrows. eyebrows Although, to be honest, I have no interest in doing that because I just don't care. And I think that we spend too much time caring about these things. Like, unless you want to. If you want to, that's fine. If you're, like, into it, that's great. Good for you. I just don't want to have to think about eyebrows as often as I wind up thinking about eyebrows. I know. And I think I think that's really well illustrated when you say an eyebrow sentence to Joey and he doesn't understand. Yeah. But if you had said it to me, I would be like, You would have oh, known yeah. exactly oh, what yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. Which is like, why are there trends in eyebrows anyway? Eyebrow <laughs> trends. Eyebrow trends. No, it's, it's ridiculous. It's really silly. I mean, it's really it's, silly it's, and also, I'll like... I'll I'll let my eyebrows grow sometimes, and mm-hmm. then after a month, I'm like, I can't stand it, I can't stand it, I have to fix them, <laughs> even though I know how stupid it is. Hey guys, you yeah. want to hear a secret? Sometimes when I go to the the barber, they cut my eyebrows, and they just they don't even ask, they just do it. I'm like, all right, cool, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, that... are you like, oh, I should do this all the time? This looks good. But also, like, that is crazy. If somebody did that in a woman's salon, if somebody, like, unsolicitedly <laughs> came at your eyebrows, like, they would definitely get sued. You know? Whereas, like, uh, men, it just, like, doesn't matter. So they're just like, oh, let me clean these up for you. Whereas, like, with women, it's, like, a whole thing. It's a whole other service that you pay for, also. I mean, yeah, I, I have they to wouldn't spend just a be lot doing that for free. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to come off as somebody who's like, no one should be doing their eyebrows or like, this is a stupid thing to think about or like whatever, because like, it's not frivolous. Like women spend thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours over the courses of their lives, like just doing their eyebrows, which I mean, are a pretty prominent feature of your face. And like, if you want to do all sorts of crazy shit to your eyebrows, like I'm a hundred behind you a hundred percent if that's what you want to do with your life. But it's, like, not what I want to be doing with my life. <laughs> you know? And I I just... It bothers me how much of an expectation there is around it. But at the same time, like, I will fight for anyone's right to spend all of their time thinking about their eyebrows. It's complicated. I have a lot of complicated feelings about eyebrows. You're it right. Is, we should do an eyebrow it podcast. It is complicated. It's like... <laughs> But it, I feel like it was illustrated in this movie when when Casey said to her mom, she was like, mm-hmm. what's so wrong with trying to be pretty? Right. Can't we be and all of like, these never things never thought about it before. Yeah. <sighs> There's actually a really funny comic. Um, well, you find that I remember a story. I think it was Ben Schwartz was saying, I don't know if it was in Comedy Bang Bang or something else, but he was talking to Joan Cusack. They were on a set together. And Joan Cusack said to him, like, hey, do you have any brothers or sisters? And he was like, no, do you? And she just looked at him, not realizing that it was a joke. <laughs> um, go catch John Cusack on three different Cage movies, at least. Four, maybe? Four. Three or four. Con Air, Frozen Ground, Arsenal, maybe another? Go check it out. Cage Club. Cageclub.me. <laughs> Jordan, what episodes of Cage Club are you on while we wait for Kara to find the name of this comic? What what? What Cage Club episodes were you on? Um, okay, let's start at the beginning. First I was on Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. Yep. 
And then I remember some really shitty ones at the end, but I feel like I also did something else in the middle. So I did Rage. Okay. Did you do The Weatherman? Mm, I did The Weatherman on Kate's Club Revisited. No. No, I did The Family Man. I always no. mix them up. Which, no. one, which one's which? Uh, the Family Man on the... We haven't done that for Revisited yet. We did The Family Man. The original one was Zach. With... The Weatherman, you did revisit it. Because Zach confused him. Zach signed up for the Family Man because he thought it was the <laughs> Weatherman. I signed up for the Weatherman because I thought it was the Family Man. So Okay, so you did the Weatherman <laughs> on the first run through. Okay. And that's no, 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 no. I only did revisit it. I didn't do it on the first run through. Oh. Okay. So what other, what other ones did you do? I mean, I could look, but. So I did. Rage, um, Wild at Heart. Rage. I did Season of the Witch. Oh, yeah, Bayman. I did Dog Eat Dog. No hot dogs, uh, but condiment fights in that, in that movie. Ketchup and I, mustard. I thought that part was, that's my favorite part of that movie. Sure. That's the only redeeming part of that movie, was when they turned into human hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um... There had to be one between Wild at Heart and um, and uh, Season of the Witch, but I don't know what it was. I'll find out. Kara, did you figure out the name of that comic? Yeah, it seems really dumb to talk about it now that we're not talking about eyebrows anymore, but um, <laughs> the artist is named Sarah Anderson. She's on Instagram at Sarah Anderson Comics, and there's this one that she did recently where it's like the main character in her comic and a friend are sitting there looking through a magazine or a book, and one of them says, wow, 80s fashion was intense. That hair. The other one says, what trend will we be mocked for? And then the third panel is just extreme close-up of both of their faces, and they both have the current on-trend eyebrow, which is um, like a really heavy eyebrow, but like starting in the middle, it's like kind of a fade. So it's like a high top fade, but like eyebrows. Hard to explain, um, but they both have this current slightly ridiculous eyebrow trend, and they both say it in unison. I have no idea. So, uh, eyebrow humor. Uh, all right, I think that does it for Ice Princess. Joey, you got anything to plug before we're done? Yeah. So two days ago, we had a new podcast launch here on the network, The Contenders, which is shining a light on the unruly women of cinema. Uh, Tobin and Island Addington, brother and sister, are going through. And talking about movies starring or made by women who refuse to play by the rules. So two days ago was The Contender from 2000. Uh, the next episode, which comes out in about a week and a half, is going to be Wonder Woman, which I'm on. But go check that out, because I feel like there's a lot of crossover in between sort of themes. And, you know, both about movies and strong women and stuff like that. So if you like this one, go check that one out, uh, because that's also very fun. And also all the other shows at caseclub.me, but that one in particular. Awesome. Uh, Carrie, you got anything? Yeah, go check out my other podcast, In Sickness and in Health. Just fired that up after a long hiatus. Um, find it wherever you get your podcasts and at insicknesspod.com. And friend of this podcast and that podcast, Abby Norman, who was on our Hey Arnold episode, Sure, her uh, the she has a book coming out in March. Actually, I think March sixth 
is the published date. Um, and you can pre-order it now at Abby, abbynormanwriter.com. Uh, it's a medical memoir about, oh, it's, a, it's called Ask Me About My Uterus. I should probably say the title. A medical memoir about her experience uh, dealing with endometriosis and learning about how fucked up our healthcare system is. So I've been reading it, an advanced copy. It's excellent. I highly recommend it. Go out there and buy some books. It's so weird how you can just write a book and people can buy it. Yeah, I mean, it's more complicated than that. Oh, I know that. (laughs) She's been working on it for two years, but sure. I remember she was, yeah, telling us about it when she was on. Go back and listen to that Hey Arnold episode, guys. That one was great. Yeah, and we'll we'll have her back on the podcast once uh, her book tour is on. And I don't want to demean her or anybody else who writes books, but just like... Like you can write a book. Like you can like write a book, and people. I mean, I guess it's, it's in some way it's similar to what we do here, except there's a lot more work that goes into it there. But like, it's just it's yeah. still amazing that people. You can write a book, and people can buy it. Yeah, I mean, I am in complete and total awe of anyone who writes a book. Um, and then when the book is like actually good, it's that much more shocking to me. Cause like, she's not my first friend to have written a book. Um, Cause I'm lucky and have a bunch of very smart and ambitious friends. Uh, but there's always this like fear of like, Oh God, what if their book sucks? And then I have to pretend to like it. And this book is really fantastic and I don't have to pretend to like it. So um, that's thrilling. Oh, wait. Speaking of people who wrote books, Lindsay Gibb, who wrote a book about Nicolas Cage, and then we contacted her, and she came on a bunch of Cage Clubs and a bunch of Keanu Clubs. She and one of her friends are starting a Winona Ryder podcast here on the network. And their first yeah. episode comes out in two weeks. Oh, I'm pumped about that one. Uh, Wednesday the 20th. Hashtag Winona Wednesdays. So every other Wednesday, they are going to go through and do Winona episodes. So again, another lady podcast, two female podcasters talking about an actress, which is great. Yeah, Love that. So go check out Winona Forever when the first episode drops on Wednesday, February 20th. And you can also, you can subscribe to it now on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Overcast or wherever you get podcasts. But go check out the first episode. I don't remember which one it is. Um, It's something I hadn't heard of, but go check it out. Cool. All right. Those are some long plugs. Luckily, I got nothing. Just listen to Wistful Thinking. Uh, And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Can't you see?